Shake that devil out of here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is that group? Florence and the Machines? Is that it? You didn't think I knew that, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I Google it right during the service here really quick on my smartphone. And I let, it, I let my voice-activated Android listen. And Siri kicked back to me through the Apple integration that that was Florence and the Machine. Anyway, oh my gosh. For a minute I thought they were singing, it's hard to, to dance with that devil music playing. That's what I first thought it was in. And then I'm like, oh no, no, that's not what it's saying. Oh my goodness. Very good job, ladies. I guess they're not here to hear me tell them that. They're probably out looking at the video right now. I see you out there. I'll talk to the three of you later. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Is that a European girl, by the way? Did you notice Europe in the background during that song? I just wondered. Are they a European group? Sounds a little European to me. Sounds like stuff I hear playing when I'm in Berlin and stuff like that. Kind of like electro-techno, pop-funk, you know, girl band stuff. Something like that, right? Okay, I just, just want to make sure, you know, I'm still with it. That's the last time I knew Bruce Springsteen was at the top of the charts. I don't know. I, does he even play anymore, by the way? Is he dead? No, I just, I just wonder. I'm just asking, just asking. I, you never know sometimes. Never forget, I'm the guy who they thought's Billy Idol on the airplane, so. Okay, some of you are new here. You haven't heard that story. That's for another time. So go back to the archives of Strong Disciple, and you'll be able to put all the pieces together. <clears throat> all right, let's pray. How about we do that? Make sure you get a book, because Ryan ordered like three cases of them. And so, uh, you know, we'll have a cash flow problem if you don't go back and buy some. <laughs> so we've got, I don't know, what, $22,000 tied up in that literature right now. So if you could go get yourself a $6 book. That would be wonderful. How many of you have been reading it? Anybody got it, been reading it? All right, four of you. That's awesome. You can say I'm, I'm effective, that's for sure. Four. Let's raise your hand again if you're reading it. One, two, three. Okay, okay, okay double that eight. That's only because we had seven books for sale last week. So today <clears throat> we got 40, 50 back there. So make sure you get one of those books because how many of you are really enjoying it of the eight of you that are reading the book? Anybody? Oh, okay. It's illuminating your world. It's rattled your brains. It's, yeah, okay. Good. Glad. Maybe you can write a little, write it for me next week and I can read it so they'll believe me. You know, send me an email. Mark, this is incredible. Changed my whole life. Well, anyway. Okay. The book is called Inspired Evidence, Only One Reality. So make sure you get one. Father, we just want to thank you tonight, actually, for the joy of music, the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. And Father, we just want to ask you that you'd speak to our hearts tonight, that you'd really help us to come to understand how we might know you in a more personal and intimate way. Lord, we thank you that you're with us every single day. You're not just here on the weekend, you're not just here during a church service, but you go with us every single day Every moment of the day, you gave us your Holy Spirit and your presence abides with us 
and you're our helper and our comforter and our counselor and our guide and our teacher. And yet, Lord, if we're honest, we can go through days, we can go through weeks, not even aware of you, not even in contact with you, not even in fellowship with you. It's kind of like two spouses that were married once in love and now they're just roommates and they hardly even speak. And the same is true with you. And I just ask you, Lord, that you'd help us tonight to understand how we can keep that reality from ever happening to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, Marlon, if you could do me a favor, I uh, lost my water somewhere. And when I was walking up here, I think I got so caught up in the moment that I just lost it. And so if you could get me one, that would be great. So I want to ask you a question tonight, and I want you to think about it. It's an honest question. It's not meant to be a... uh, Hey, thank you very much. That's the sacred water right there. Yeah, that's Pope water, just in case you were wondering. Well, notice the sacred black and the Garden of Eden fruit from Kowalski's. And we import this, actually... Usually I have Costco water. It does taste a little more expensive. (laughs) Definitely. Thank you very much. Okay. So back to our all-important question. All right? Closer to God. I want you to think about this seriously. Do you really want to know God? Now, we're going to go through this this evening and, and we're going to find out. But I really want to, to ask yourself the question, do you really want to know God? And I want to compare it to something for a moment so that you understand what I mean. So I'll start by talking to you fellas for a moment. So suppose there's this Miss Wonderful that has sort of invaded your world. By your world, I mean your brain right now. And you simply can't get her off your mind. You know, maybe you're in small group with her, or you're in house church with her, or you know her from somewhere, and she's just there. But she hasn't yet given you permission to be in her space. Okay? So, to be really honest with you, there's not a lot of pursuing you can do until she gives you permission to be pursued. And it's always good, fellas, to understand that no means no. So if you initiate a pursuit and she says, sorry, I see you as a brother, I have no romantic interest, then you need to realize you got to turn it off. Okay? Now we're going to skip back and forth between this and God. So God has given us permission to pursue him. God has initiated with us. He's demonstrated his love to us. He's demonstrated his incredible kindness to us. His generosity through all that he's given us. Through all that we see. And through his son Jesus Christ. And if you've come to know Jesus Christ. And you've embraced him as your savior. Then you've entered into this relationship with God. So now we go back to the guy and the girl. So let's say that you approach her and you do what I did 
And you tell this young woman <clears throat> in a very serious way that um, I, um, I can't stop thinking about you. I wonder if God might want us to get married someday. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to pray about that. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to begin a relationship. Well, my wife, at the time, she was not my wife, said yes. So what do you think I did with that? You think I just sat around? Waited for her to call me? You think I just sat around and just twiddled my thumbs? Well, I don't like to write. Let me say, and when I was 19, I really did not like to write. Now I have kind of become accustomed to writing only through the computer and punching keys. But in those days, it was back in the last century when all we had was pen and paper. And you had to take that paper and you had to sit. and You had to write. And in my best cursive writing, I have all the letters, by the way, I sent her and all that she sent back to me. And I began to write. And then we had the phone. But in those days, the phone. Well, there were months I had $500 phone bills. But when, when I get permission to pursue, I pursue. And, and I would be a liar if I did not say <clears throat> that every single day, without fail, I prayed for this girl. Every single day, I prayed for her life. I prayed for our relationship. When I was at work and I was bored at the machine, I passed the time thinking about Kathy. And I pictured in my mind what God might do with us someday, you know. And I, you know, you know how guys are. We don't exactly think about the wedding, but I won't get into that. <clears throat> Maybe a little bit more on the honeymoon. But anyway... I was just thinking about someday us serving God together and where we might end up and the children that we might raise and all that God might have planned for us. <clears throat> and I just kept writing and I kept sharing with her what I was learning and she would write back and share with me what she was learning and <clears throat> our entire relationship, and I, this is no lie, I'd let anybody read the letters. I'm not embarrassed by anything in the letters because our relationship was about Christ. It was about God. <clears throat> it really was. And really is. So I want you to ponder for a moment my question again. Do you really want to know God? How does that compare to how much you think about the opposite sex? How does your desire for God, your intentional pursuit of God, compare with the other interest in your life? Do you want to know God more than sleep? Do you want to know God more than food? Do you desire God more than all other desires in your life? Where does he rank? Be honest with yourself. Where does he really rank? <clears throat> now I want to share with you a simple secret to my life. It's the simple secret in my marriage, and it's the simple secret in my relationship with God. And I'm going to cover this with you this evening because this is the key ingredient to being close to God. I keep my fire raging. I fan the flame, I feed the flame, and I don't wait around for anybody else to stir up my own heart. 
In my relationship with Kathy, you know, it was interesting. I had a couple interesting experiences this week. <clears throat> I was with some different people, different situations, and <clears throat> actually not with believers, but with, with a couple situations that I was in with some professional individuals. And I was sitting there, and I was just noticing as they talked about their lives that um, they're no longer married, and and you can tell because the ring's gone on their finger, but they got a child, and there's a picture of their child, and they're telling me about the child, but the wife never enters into the picture. <clears throat> and I began to think about how marriage in America is so similar or such a marvelous picture of most Christians' relationship with God. The flame has gone out. They let the flame die. And there's no more love anymore. There's no more passion anymore. There's no more zeal anymore. And so, guys, move on. They just, they get divorced. They move on. You know, I'm going to tell you something really honestly. And and I don't think my wife will take this wrong. It is not to my wife To keep my interest. I generate my own interest. I think about her in really good ways. Oh, I could choose something different. I could sit around and mope. And whine and grumble to myself about I don't get this. And she doesn't do this. And she isn't that. I could sit around and choose to look or ponder all the new models that are out there. But I've chosen to stoke my fire. And you can ask my wife. You can ask my wife. She knows I'm crazy about it. Because I've chosen to be crazy about it. Do you understand that? See, here's what you need to understand. Young person, you've got to get this about desire. See, what happens with young people and all of us, and then then young people become older people and they don't realize that uh, it, it doesn't work that way. We are so used to as young people having all of our desires stimulated and we're overcome with desire that we just think, well, that's how it is when you're in love. You're just overcome with God and you're just overcome with love and you just stay that way. No, you don't. Love is not self-generating. Our flesh, you see, is always desiring sinful things. And so what happens to us is we, we go, well, well, I, well, I crave food. I See, I struggle with food. I want to struggle craving God. I wish I would crave God like I crave food. Sin is different than righteousness. You've not yet trained your senses, you see. I've trained mine. I trained Mark to love Kathy. I trained Mark to stay in love with Kathy. I trained Mark to to value her. I trained me to enjoy what God gave me in her. It's a choice. And I make it over and over and over. And then so often I mean this, I walk away whether... We've made love, whether we got to talk, whether we prayed together, we raised kids together. Man, you're a lucky man, Mark. You're such a lucky man. I brainwashed myself. 
And I just keep putting logs on my fire. And I keep fanning it. Fanning it like of taking a Frisbee. And you're sticking the logs on and you're trying to inject oxygen in to get that flame roaring. Did you know the Bible commands you to fan and to flame the gift of God that's in you? Fan it yourself. The fire's there, but it's up to you to turn it into a forest fire. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is very important that you get this. This is everything. What are you going to do? How much do you want God? You know, it's interesting. We have college students here tonight, and a number of you went to college. And, and I realize, by the way, when I talk about college here, for, it, probably for nobody here, they would call it fun. But, but you intentionally pursued a degree. Do you intentionally pursue God? Are you intentional about your pursuit of God? Are you intentional to get to know Him? I want to read you just a couple of Psalms to show you the heart of David and why God says He's a man after my own heart. Psalm 63, and I want you to think about your own Choice, your own ex- choices and experiences in your relationship with God. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary. I beheld your power and glory. Your love is better to me than life. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of food. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Does that describe you? Does that describe you? You know, when when we're young... You know what we often meditate through the watches of the night? The person we're crazy about. But what you don't understand is none of that's automatic. You're allowing yourself. You're feeding the passion. You're feeding the fire. And if you decide it, oh, I'm not going to think about it. Oh, they're just a jerk. They just want to use me anyway. If you start feeding on really negative things. But see, your hormones are going and, <clears throat> and you just let your mind go. And you're thinking about them and you're thinking about them. And then one day you wake up to reality and <clears throat> you realize they're not everything you, they were, you, you thought they were. And then it's like someone's dumping water on your fire. And then we find out. It separates the men and the boys the women and the girls, will we choose to keep love hot? Will I choose to treasure my spouse? Will I choose to treasure my God? You see, my God. And, and Kathy is my witness, but, and she would tell you this, but 33 years we've been married, 35 years and a half we've been together, and I love her more now. I have more intense Emotion for her now than I did when I was 23. And do you know why? It's because of nothing she did. It's because of what I have done guarding my own heart, feeding my fire, and valuing her. And here's what's interesting. And this this is very important for you men to understand this. Women are responders. They were made by God to respond to you. And it's interesting. My fire has rubbed off on her. 
Kathy would be the first to say, and part of it's just our temperament and personality. She'd say, you know, Mark, I think you love me a lot more than I love you. I don't even care. Because, see, I'm supposed to be like God in the relationship, right? Isn't that right? Husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. Well, what do you think loves me more in the relationship I have with God? You think I'm crazier about God than he is about me? No. He's crazy about you. You're the apple of his eye. In fact, he rejoices over you with shouts of joy. The Bible tells us that in Zephaniah. He rejoices over you. You give him great joy. You give him great pleasure because you're his child. But at the same time, God wants you to be caught up with him. And that's a choice that you make to feed desire, to feed desire, to feed desire. So as a young Christian, 19 years of age, and I really mean this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. No one told me this. I began to read my Bible, and I began to see, as I, as I told you last week, you know, it's interesting. I used a strong word. I won't repeat the word I used, but it's repeated in one of the verses I'm going to look at tonight. And I wanna, I'm just going to read it to you out of the Amplified Version, and it's in the book of Philippians. It's one of my life verses, and it's Philippians 3, 7 through 10. And it's the Apostle Paul writing. He says, Whatever former things I had that might have been a gain to me, I have come to consider all loss for the sake of knowing Christ. In fact, I consider them dung. I used a different word last week. I said to leave all the dung behind. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, of perceiving, recognizing, and understanding Him more fully and clearly. For His sake, I have lost everything and considered all to be rubbish, dung, and refuse in order that I may gain Christ. Does that verse describe you? Because if it doesn't, at least if it doesn't describe your heart and intention, you will not be close to God. It's the same reality in marriage. I have chosen Kathy over all other women. And I have grown increasingly, overwhelming. The privilege, there, there are mornings, and I'm not exaggerating, many mornings this morning was one of them. I was on my elliptical praying this morning. Uh, it's now 20 hours today that I've been up. I did have a nap. I want you to know that. I did take a nap, two naps. But I got up at 2 a.m. today. I just couldn't, I just couldn't sleep. So when I was wide awake, I just got up. And, and I got down on my prayer time, my elliptical, and I started praying for Kathy, just tears, just started crying. I just, Lord, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I've gotten 33 years with this girl. And just to see her faith, Lord, and see her walk with you, and just to see her growing and, and developments, just see the beauty that you've developed in her life. Lord, I'm so blessed to have her as my best friend. I'm so blessed. I have progressive but you see most couples don't do that do they you know this to be the case they don't progressively become more intimate and 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 treasure the relationship they grow more distant but they live under the same roof and that's what we do with god oh how long you know the lord oh 15 years yeah but do you know him well i don't know 
Yeah, God and me, we just don't really connect. All because of what you're doing with your heart. It's all because of what's going on inside your heart. Are you building the fire? Have you considered? Now, I'm going to tell you, this is, very, this is an important process. So I'm 19 years old. And um, <clears throat> I, had, I had dreams like everybody has dreams. I don't know if I had the same dreams that others had, but I had dreams. And at 19 years of age, I came to understand something, okay? You remember last week when I told you, you need to leave all that garbage behind, and you need to repent, and you need to embrace Christ, and you need to wake up to the true reality of God? That happened to me at 19. It happened to me like, um, like I was just struck, and everything became clear, and I made a decision then. Nothing in my life matters compared to knowing Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Not personal success, not leisure, not pleasure, not a cabin, not vacations, not women, nothing. I want to know God. I want to know Him. I want to fellowship with him. I want to be useful to him. I want to understand him. I want to go deep with God. That was it. And that has been my pursuit for 30, almost 38 years. And we're going to get into some of the simple things. It it isn't complicated, but it is at the beginning because you have to ask yourself, have you made this decision? Have you gone through that process? Have you decided everything is lost to me? I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And I want my life to honor God. And I don't care what it costs me. Will you climb Mount Everest to know God? Because I'm going to tell you a little secret. It will be required of you. If, if, listen, the intimacy that I share with Kathy, the closeness that I share, if I stood up here tonight and told you the trials that we had to decide to stick in and walk through in order to be where we are now, you might go, I don't know if I would do that. You see, that that sweet fellowship that we have, this closeness, this camaraderie, no one in my life has shared with me, or vice versa, what Kathy and I have shared together. What we walk through now, our children have to varying degrees. But what from the very day we began our relationship and then what happened with her family, the rejection of her parents, all the strain and then all the trials, the health trials, the financial trials, the persecution. Oh, my gosh. And we told God, Kathy and I, and this is her choice. It was her choice at 19. It was mine. We will climb any mountain. We will ford any stream. We will pay any price. We want to know you, Lord. It isn't a song to me and Kathy. It's the passionate desire of our heart. And I have watched my wife through these years. I mean, I've been an eyewitness to her suffering. And I've watched her every day, no matter how she feels. And her pain is very, very real. And most nights, these days, my wife maybe sleeps two hours. She tries to get more sleep, but her body throbs. She'll get up every single day, one to two hours every day with her Savior, with her Lord, writing in her journal, 
writing down his words to her. She'll sometimes come out, even though she's in pain, with tears down her face. Say, Mark, you know, I'm in pain, but I'm so encouraged. God just meets me here every single day. Do you burn with desire? Do you burn? Have you stoked your personal fire? David says, Lord, I earnestly seek you. You ever looked up the word earnest? You ever looked up the word fervent? You wonder sometimes why your prayers don't get answered? And, and, and I'm not saying that God is just going to, every single thing we pray, sometimes he has different plans, but he will answer. But do you know what the Bible says? It says the fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power. Not the prayer. The desperate, fervent, emotive prayer. And yet I'll, I'll see people, and please don't take this wrong, I'm trying to help you. But I have, I, I've, been, I've traveled before with friends and pastors, and they'll just be sitting quietly at their table. They, they, they didn't even go into the shower or wake, get water in their face. And they're sitting with their Bible to meet God, and they're kind of praying silently. And I'm like, you, you really think that's going to stir up your heart for God and get your blood boiling? You don't think you're going to lay hold of God sitting behind a desk in a lethargic manner? Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God within you. And the word literally means not only fan it, but stir it up. Stir it up. Get it going. David says in Psalm 84, another psalm I've gone over for 38 years. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of God. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. But do you? Do you? No. You, listen. Let's be honest. Your flesh cries out for Starbucks. I got to get to Starbucks. I've got the shakes. Please don't take this personal. I, I don't know how else to communicate some of these things. It's, but somehow we got to have our eyes open to understand that we're going through life and we're missing God. And that we actually love coffee more than God. And don't tell, I'm not saying you can't drink coffee. I'm not saying you can't do this or that. I'm saying that the reality in our lives is we'll be more diligent to go after that. We have a greater desire if we compared it than to get our lazy self out of bed to go after God, to know God, to study Him, to understand Him, to want Him. He wants to be wanted. He doesn't need to be wanted. It's a very big difference. But he wants to be wanted. It will change your life. David says, as for me, the nearness of God is my good. So many of you are not experiencing good and you're struggling because you're not near God. The Bible says in Psalms that the secrets of the Lord are for those who fear him, who want him, who seek him, and he will make them know his covenant have to understand that that God is going to find out if you really want to know him. If you really want to know him. I just want to give you a few simple thoughts before we close tonight on what to do. 
what to do. <clears throat> Second Timothy, I shared this with you, 1.6, tells us to fan into flame. And I want to talk to you about some of the ways that I've fanned into flame. I have had, I've done, I don't know, 173 conferences now. That isn't a lot by some people's, but with all the things I do, that's quite a few. And it's enough to have a lot of feedback. Let me put it that way. I've had a lot of feedback because at about every conference, I'll ask people if they'd like to take out a sheet of paper and share with me what they learned, if they have any thoughts to share with me. And so many people over the years have said to me, Mark, Mark, what, how? You're, I saw you when I was 19, and now I'm 35. How do, how, why do you have the same passion? Where does this come from? Where does this, did you know the Bible commands us in Romans to stay Keep your fervent zeal for the Lord. Always be spiritually aglow, spiritually red hot. Of course, you remember what Jesus said to the Laodicean church. You're lukewarm. I want to throw you up. Who wants a lukewarm marriage? I don't. You want a lukewarm love life? No. So get hot, honey. No, you get hot. You change the environment in your relationship. Love her more, serve her more, bless her more, pray for her more, meditate and value her and treasure her more and fan that flame to a raging fire. It's all about what's going on up here. What's going on up here? Do you understand that the most significant obedience in your life starts with what you choose to think about and think about and thinking is an act of obedience. And this is where we're losing the game. Right here. Right here. Starts here. Connects here. And thoughts, did you know this? Emotions don't have thoughts of their own. Thoughts generate emotions. Now, don't get me wrong. For you gals, and sometimes for us guys, definitely Hormones and chemicals can affect emotions in our, mind, in our body. But the primary generator, not secondary, the primary generator of thought, of emotion, is what's going on up here, what we're thinking about. And when I allow things to go over in my mind, when I just feed my doubts, when I don't treasure the true knowledge of God, when I don't meditate on who God is and remind myself of his wonderful goodness and his faithfulness and treasure who he is, then I drift. And I begin to become cold, you see. So the first thing you do is you feed your thoughts on the wonders of God. You feed your thoughts on the wonders of God. I mean, this is part of the, what the Bible reveals to us. I don't know if you knew that, but the wonders of God. What God is like. I go over Isaiah 40 so many times. I read through the Psalms and I make observations. As I'm reading, I don't just read, but I realize this is my life. Did you know that this is your life? Did you know the Bible tells us, God, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is your life. This is your life. You ever been around a person that's a <clears throat> heavy smoker? And you and I both know they can't, they can't live without them. They just, they, they got to have their smokes. I got to have my Bible. I got to have my God. I have a little New Testament. I've had it for 32 years. I carry it with me in my bag. I often take it with me into the bathroom. I carry it with me on my travels. When I go on my prayer walks, it's small enough. I can put it in my pocket it doesn't look some big bulky thing sticking out because I don't like that. 
<clears throat> and I walk with it. Did, did you notice how? Did you notice how adept people are becoming now today with their their phones that happen to be the size of a New Testament, and they'll be walking like this all the time. I guess you could be doing that with a Bible, couldn't you? I mean, you could. I mean, you could even do it with your little phone app if you wanted. I guess it just depends on what you want. I know what I want. We've got to feed our mind <clears throat> on what's true and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy about God. Number two, reflect on all he's done for you. You know one of the things that I, with, with my wife, again, I want to use this analogy, that, that keeps my love, that keeps me tender to Kathy, I just think about all that she's done for me. And I'm not going to go into all the details tonight, but I'm, I'm telling you, my wife's just done so much for me. I told Kathy one time, um, and this may come out wrong, but again, I'm just, I'm just being transparent. I came from traveling somewhere once, and I said, you know, Kathy, I want you to know something. And I don't want you to take this wrong. I travel around the world. You know what? There's a lot of beautiful women in the world. Just, just, there's a lot of handsome guys in the world, and I'm not one of them. But, but I just wanted you to know, Kathy, in case you ever feel threatened, none of those women hold a candle to you, not because you're prettier than they are. Let's, let's not fool anybody. I'm a grandpa. I'm married to grandma. Okay? But she's gorgeous to me, and I really mean that. And she knows I mean that. But listen, there in a woman alive that has done for me, been for me, what you have. My heart's not going anywhere. My heart's not going anywhere. I am so grateful to God for what she is to me, for how she's loved me, how she stood by me, how she's been my friend, how she put up with me, how she made love to me, how she raised our children together, all of it. I value it all. And it's a choice I make every day. And the more I go over, the more deep our love gets. The same is true with God. I reflect on what he's done for me. My goodness, what he's forgiven me of. What he's given me in Jesus Christ. And I reflect on it, and my fire gets hotter. I focus on the attributes of God. I go through, a, some of you, if you ever want to get another really good book, it's by E.W. Tozer called The Knowledge of the Holy. If you go to biblio.com, biblio.com, you can get that book very inexpensively. The Knowledge of the Holy, often used, the used book. It's a very, very good book on the attributes of God. You can go to Strong Disciple, listen to what is God really like, God the Magnificent. Do you want to know a little secret about my messages? Uh, I'm not saying they're great or anything like that. The secret of my messages is I lived them all. Do you understand that? I shared God the Magnificent because God the Magnificent is what stoked my personal fire about God. Not because I sat down one day and thought, hmm, let's see, how will I educate these young people about God? It was an extension, an expression of what God is to me that I wanted to bring you in on. The same is true with what is God really like. All those things I did privately, I focused in my time with God and my day with God. What is God like? And he captured my imagination. He captured my heart. Devour the word, it's your life. Devour this book. Devour this book, it's your life. This isn't just nice little pleasant reading. This is your life. Really pursue God with your heart and your mind and your strength in prayer. 
really go after God. God is my witness. I go after God. And I've been going after him. And I continue to go after him. And as long as I have breath, as David said, I love the Lord because he hears me, therefore I will pray to him as long as I have breath. God, you'll be amazed as you get draw close to God verbally, out loud, talking to God. Not, not that silent prayer stuff. You do that if you're in a big crowd, fine. And they may think you're weird. You talk out loud to God. He's there. He's real. He's as real as any person in this room, and he's here tonight. He's hearing every word. He's watching every heart. He knows every thought. He's real. And he wants to hear from you. And the more you talk to him, the closer you get. Communication is one of the great secrets to closeness and trust. And a relationship develops because you communicate. Let's bow our heads together for a word of prayer. And next week we'll get into a whole other component of getting closer to God. Father, we just thank you tonight that you're available to us anytime, place, anywhere. It's just an incredible thing, Lord, to think about. Some of us, we have sports heroes or sports teams that we like. We, we, we couldn't... We couldn't get into their locker room. We couldn't go over to their home to visit. We, we couldn't go have lunch with them. But we have access to God, the creator of all, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, and our personal friend, anytime, place, anywhere. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd set our hearts in fire to go after Jesus Christ, that we would choose Christ. I think of Joshua, the words of Joshua. Choose this day, choose this day who you will serve. Another way to say it is, choose this day who you're going to go after. <clears throat> if Baal is God, if the world is God, all this stuff really matters out here that we think is so important, then go after it. But as for me and my house, we're going after God. We're going after God. And I just ask you, Lord, that that would be the burning passion of our heart and we'd follow through. We'd follow through. In Jesus' name. Amen.